Hey everyone, welcome to episode three of the Natives on a Budget podcast. If you're listening in real time, it's the beginning of March. Monica, we're talking about your favorite topic today, budgets, aka spending plans. How much did you spend on that fanny pack you're wearing? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> First of all, oh my God, fanny packs are not in right now. <laughs> hey, that's hitting below the belt, literally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I wouldn't say that budgeting or spending plans are my favorite, but I did start Natives on a Budget Facebook group. And truthfully, I kind of hate budgeting. It's just, it feels like dieting. So this is how it goes. You make a big declaration. You're going to cut out one thing like white food <laughs> or many things. Maybe you sign up for a program like Weight Watchers or you start by going to the wellness center and try to run five miles right off the bat. And usually by the end of the week, and usually by the end of the week, all that self-determination and strict rules feels too overwhelming and you end up quitting. I think the same thing happens with getting your finances in order. You're listening to that talk show and the host is telling you to go scorched earth, no movies, no eating out, cut your own hair. I think things like that are great to get you started, maybe to really like motivate you. But I'm not really sure that everyone sticks to that. You have to write down exactly what you plan on spending for each category in the month. And inevitably, it's never enough in one area or something goes wrong and all your good intentions are out the door. But I know that if you don't know how much you're spending on everything, it makes it difficult to save for the future or dig yourself out of a debt hole. Do you keep a budget, Sean? Yeah, I, you know, I'm big into expense tracking, and, and I agree. It's, it's a topic that people don't – it's just there's no way to really glam it up, right? You know, it's just – it's dry. It's like it's something it's – just, it's just like the time you just got to roll up your sleeves. There's no tricks to it. It's not like, oh, there's this cool little thing you can do to boost your credit score by 50 points. No, just you just got to you got to do the work. You got to track your expenses. You got to figure out how much money you have coming in, how much is going out, and then calculating that difference. And if you've got a positive number, you've got, you know, you're you're in good shape. You've got a surplus. You're making more than you're spending. And if it's a negative number, then you're not. Your expenses are, are too high and you've got two options. You can either lower those expenses or you can increase your income. And it's really just that simple. But hey, fanny packs aren't out of style, Monica. In fact, they're like the rage. They're like all in. You need to like get up to speed and like look at some of the fashion magazines and like fanny packs are hip once again. So like. All right. I'll allow it if um, you are using the envelope system of budgeting where you put money into different envelopes and then you put all those envelopes in your fanny pack and you just carry them around all month. I do. There's method to my madness. I can keep track of my receipts. I can keep, you know, a little bit of cash in just there. Just get a purse. <laughs> just get a purse. A purse? No, I'm not into purses or purses. No, fanny packs are cool. I like they're so practical. I used to love fanny packs and then I used to wear them all the time and then they went out of style just like overnight. They were just, nobody was wearing them. And I remember I was still trying to wear them and I just kind of wear a shirt over them and kind of so you couldn't really see it. And then it got to the point, like I'd wear them out. Couldn't, you couldn't even find new ones. You could not find them in the stores. So I literally just had to give up fanny packs because they were simply unavailable. I thought you were wearing it ironically, like you were trying to be a hipster. <laughs> Honestly. Okay, budgeting. Here's the thing about budgeting. 
Um, it really comes down to whether or not you can tell yourself no for certain things. And honestly, Sean, I have a really hard time doing that. Yeah, I hear you. I'm the same way. Um, it's knowing that you have to conserve, right? It's knowing that you have to like tighten your belt. And like you mentioned diets, you know, if somebody tells you you'll eat less, it's not a big deal. But if somebody suddenly tells you, hey, this is only how, this is the most you can eat today. You can only eat this many calories. You can only eat one serving of cake or something like that. Suddenly you want more. And budgets are the same way. As soon as you hear, well, you can only spend X number of dollars this month on entertainment or eating out, suddenly you want to eat out every night, right? So I think it ties into that whole idea of behavioral economics and how there's really two sides of our brains. We have a rational side and we have an emotional side. And the rational side thinks logically, it thinks critically, it makes smart decisions based on data. Like, for example, you know, I don't need that donut. I don't need to get that donut because it's not healthy. I already had breakfast today. It's just not a good choice. But the emotional side is like, oh, man, that donut, chocolate glazed donut. It's hot. It smells so good. And it'd be so good right now with a cup of coffee. And sadly, as human beings, we're constantly in the struggle between the emotional side and the rational side. And when pitted against each other, usually the emotional side wins out. I mean, they've done research. It's, it's proven. Yeah, for me, um, I the thought process that I'm always going through in my head, whether it's a donut or dog toys that I'm buying for my dog, <laughs> is I deserve this. Or in the case of my dog, he deserves this because he's fantastic and should have whatever he wants. Yeah, and I deserve a fanny pack. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but here's the thing. If you're in debt, if you have to use credit cards to make it through the month— it doesn't matter what you feel like you deserve. What you deserve is to be financially healthy, to be able to get through things without it being a crisis every single month. And I know some of you who are listening to me uh, can really relate to that, you know, when you don't even have a checking account because every time you get one, you get overdrawn and then you end up owing a bunch of money to the bank. I hear you on that. So the key to managing that is first knowing what you spend your money on and then making some small incremental decisions about how you spend your money. So we're not going to tell you to get an Excel spreadsheet, although I know you have about 15 of them, right, Sean? <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of addicted to Excel. I just have little spreadsheets for different expenses that I have, car expenses, home expenses. But I I just think it's really easy to to track expenses once you get into the habit. For me, Excel works, you know, but I remember back in the day, I used to deliver pizzas in Albuquerque. And every night I'd come home and I had a calendar on the wall and I would write down how much I made in tips. I'd write down how many deliveries I took and I'd calculate what my average tip was for delivery. And I had, you know, a full calendar every month. I had all those. And at the end of the month, I'd, I'd add up how much I made for the whole month. And one time my sister came over and she saw that calendar on my wall. And she was like, dude, like, you need to get with it. Like, you could create a spreadsheet for that. <laughs> it would save you so much time. I was like, no. I said, this works for me. I come home. I got my pen right here. I just add up my money and I write it down. So whatever works, whatever works for you. That could be an app. could be calendar on the wall, could be a spreadsheet, whatever works for you. Because if it's, if it's something that you're, you're not comfortable with or it's an inconvenience, you're definitely not going to do it. 
We're not recommending that you don't try the apps. In fact, we've got a list of them on our website, nativesonabudget.com. And if you want to give it a shot, use one of the apps. But if you're finding that it's too much work, it's too challenging to keep track of it, if you're telling yourself, oh, I'll write it down later, and then you forget, let's go to paper and pen. And in fact, you could just get yourself an envelope and on the envelope, write down an amount that you want to spend in a certain category, like eating out or going to the movies or anything that's what we call the wants category. And um, keep track of it. Write it down on the envelope. Put the receipts inside there. And at the end of the month, add it up. I made a list of my budget categories, mortgage, water, and trash, heat, electricity, internet, groceries, car insurance, restaurants, entertainment, pet needs, hair and cosmetics, subscriptions, household gifts, student loan payments, and healthcare. My instinct is to put them in the order of importance to me. So pet care would be first since I have the best dog on the planet. What do you think? <laughs> I'm curious to know how much it costs to take care of the best dog on the planet. I hear Blue Buffalo sells cans of gourmet turducken dog food at 35 bucks a case. <laughs> <laughs> That's more than it costs to feed a family of four. Is that how your pooch rolls, Monica? It's not so much that um, maybe I do overspend on him a little bit. He is pretty awesome. But there's also kind of a line item for things he likes to destroy. So since I've had him, he's ruined a radio... Um, Numerous pillows. Well, pretty much the list goes on. <laughs> okay. Now that we have that out of the way, what we want to do is break our expenses down into two categories, fixed and flexible expenses. Now, the fixed costs are costs that don't change from month to month. So that could be rent. It could be insurance, loan payments. That storage unit you thought you'd only need for three months when you leased it four years ago. Flexible expenses are monthly expenses that we can control. We're talking food gas, electricity, entertainment, frou-frou pet food. <laughs> now here's a handy little tip. It's called the 50-30-20 rule. Try to keep your fixed expenses to no more than 50% of your monthly income. Flexible expenses should fall within 30% of monthly income. And that extra 20%, sock it away in savings. Okay, I'm bad at math. So help me out here. Let's say I bring $2,000 a month home. How much is supposed to go for what? Okay, so 50% of $2,000, that would be $1,000 would go to your fixed expenses. 30% of $2,000, that's $600. So that would be your flexible expenses. And then that remaining 20%, $400, that goes into savings, if possible. I know that 20% might be kind of hard to, that might be unrealistic for some folks. So if you can do 10%, if you can do five, whatever you can, just want to always make sure to put something into savings every month. Where do you put debt? Is it fixed or flexible? Debt's usually going to be, well, usually it'll be fixed, right? Like uh, loan payments, car loan payments, student loan payments. Those are usually going to be fixed. Um, credit card debt might be flexible depending on how much you owe each month. So what if your fixed expenses are more than 50%? Then you need to figure out how to trim costs. Um, now, granted, fixed expenses are usually, like we say, fixed, but what you can do is reassess 
And, you know, maybe the next year when your policies for like your insurance, like some of your fixed expenses are going to be insurance payments, right? So those are going to be locked in usually for a year. But when that next year comes and you get a new policy, maybe you can adjust it to lower those monthly premiums. So those fixed expenses are lower. Or, you know, maybe think about um, a less expensive apartment or something like that in the future. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about for our, our city natives. You know, you... Maybe you move from home into the city or maybe you always lived in the city and uh, housing costs, you know, depending on where you're living can really get out of control. And sometimes you might have to take on roommates or um, really cut back in certain areas so that you can keep that under 50 percent. So the areas I really struggle with are eating out too much, entertainment like movies and, of course, dog toys. My utility bills really add up, especially electricity during the summer months. When you're cranking at AC every day, water bill, not cheap either. And then health insurance, man, that's a big one. Curious, Monica, what's the, like the worst purchase you've ever made or like the biggest waste of money that you've ever, like a purchase you just regretted or just thought, you know, why that was so, so totally just a frivolous purchase. Why did I spend money on that? Oh man, so many things. Oof, where do I start? I would have to say the stupidest thing I've ever spent money on was extra lives in Candy Crush. (laughs) (laughs) I literally bought nothing. You know, when you think about physical money and you hand it over and then something else comes in your hand, what did I win? What did I get? You know, I I got 10 extra lives, probably five extra minutes. (laughs) And I think it was for 10 bucks. I've read though that that's becoming a huge source of revenue for these video games and these like games people spend our smartphone those like all this in-game merchandise right and like i just read a story the other day about some kid used his mother's debit card and she found there was like 150 dollars worth of you know debits for like these in-game purchases of like i don't know weapons and ammo for some shooting game or something like that like it's i mean i can see how people fall for that yeah And if you're listening to this and you just spent money to buy something in your virtual game, we're not judging you. What I'm asking you to do is make a budget for yourself. And if you want to spend $10 a month on extra lives in Candy Crush, as long as that fits in with your budget, as long as you're not going into debt, as long as you're, you know, it makes you happy to spend that time doing that thing, and it's not mindless, and it's totally intentional, go for it. I'm okay with that. What about you, Sean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I can see you're not okay with it. Well, I'm just thinking about the the dumbest purchase I ever made. Oh, okay. For me, the dumbest thing I've ever spent money on. So back in the day when... The internet was really taken off and the chat rooms were all the rage. Mm-hmm. Remember those? Like the Native American chat room on Yahoo. I met this girl from another state and I spent 800 bucks on a plane ticket for her to come down to New Mexico. And she totally blew me off. She never showed. It was a non-refundable ticket. So I, do you think that she took the ticket and cashed it in? No, because she never... I mean, she now it was, well, it was, in, you know, I used my credit card, so there was no way she could have gotten like a refund on it. And I even, call, I remember calling the airline and they said it was never, it was never used. There was never any kind of claim on it. So 
I mean, this is back in the day I was single, you know, and I remember, you know, back in the day meeting, you know, that was before Facebook and, you know, people now, you know, before dating apps and websites and things like that. And I remember I met a lot of really cool girls on, on those chat, in those chat rooms online. And, um, okay. But that one just didn't work out. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I was pretty dumb to buy a ticket for someone you never met. And I have to say, you know, there's a lot of scams out there. And we're going to have an episode about it uh, later in the year talking about um, all of the frauds and scams that are out there, including romance scams and things like that. Maybe it was my fanny pack. (laughs) You know, I think I sent her a picture of me in a fanny pack and then that was it. Oh, man, that was it. Pack. What was I thinking? <laughs> Online dating. That is no fun. You actually met your wife um, in person, like like a real human, right? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. And, you know, so I was working in North Carolina at the time, and that's how we met. And I was still living. We were a long distance relationship for the first couple of years, and she was in North Carolina, and I was here in Albuquerque. And people would always think that they would always, well, you guys must have met online or, you know, no, we're old school, you know, met the old fashioned way, drunk in a bar, right? <laughs> no, we weren't drunk, we weren't in a bar, but, but we did meet face to face. I'm proud of that. tough question segment. Today's tough question comes from my coworker, Andy. And honestly, it's not that tough. She wants to know if coupons are worth the time and energy. And here's my opinion. If you have free time to hunt around for coupons for things that you need that you already have on your list, saving a few dollars definitely can add up. But just because you have a coupon for something doesn't mean you need to buy it. Were you really planning on buying two of those things? Is there even enough money in your budget to get to? Coupons are devised to get you to buy a product. They're not offering you because they're being nice or doing you a favor. The sole purpose is to get you buy more things. Yeah, it's a really good point, Monica. And I mean, I've never been much of a coupon clipper myself. It's definitely a skill that can save money if a person takes the time and effort, but I think you need a passion for it. And not everyone wants to toil away searching for that perfect coupon so you can save three bucks on a Kong toy for Fido. Right, Monica? I mean, if someone does have some dog coupons, (laughs) (laughs) send them my way. (laughs) You know, there are those websites where you can just look up any store and and find coupons. And I've tried those a few times because I always lose coupons. I'll I'll find a coupon. I'll save this. And then when the time comes, I don't have it or I can't find it. And I've gone to some of those websites and they have like five different coupons and you just enter them into you know, a coupon code when you're buying online or something. They never work. They're always never. expired. It's no. Like, what's up with that? And uh, you gave your email and now you have 17 new extra emails every single day and you have no idea how to get them out. I mean, honestly, it's it's a little bit more work than it's worth. But if you're listening to this and you are the king or queen of coupons and you know exactly how much you save every single year from your coupons and want to prove us wrong, Send us an email to nativesonabudget at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. All right. Your assignment this month, which is not an assignment, is pretty simple. 
write down everything you spend your money on or in one particular area. Write it on the back of an envelope and put all the receipts in the envelope or just get a pen and paper. Or you can try one of the apps that we have on our website. And I want to tell you something. If this suggestion is making you feel sick right now, think about why you feel that way. Are you afraid to see how much you spend your money on? Or maybe you're afraid of coming face to face with the reality that you don't make enough money. Relatives, information is power. You think our ancestors were afraid to go to count the food stored for the winter for fear that they wouldn't have enough or they didn't want to know? Money brings up a lot of feelings, and that's good. Confront those feelings. Make yourself self-sufficient and financially stable. Let's stop living from one financial crisis to the next. Let's build up our own storehouses for emergencies and maybe even for something great. I mean, if fanny packs are your thing, go for it. What do you think, Sean? I agree. And I think also, again, these budgets, um, these are tough and there's no spinning it. But I think one thing we can do to be more effective and be more productive with budgets is to keep them flexible. So, you know, we talked about setting up different categories of expenses and make sure to, to understand that if you need to adjust those, you need to change those, feel free to do so and give yourself some leniency there. Because if you're too locked in to a really strict budget, you're just going to get burned out and you're, you're not going to do it. So um, keep it flexible. And you know what? It's okay. You're going to mess up sometimes. You're going to overspend. You're going to, you're going to miss a, a, you know, a, an expense or something like that. That's fine. That's fine. Just keep working at it. Keep plugging away and, and you'll get there. Be patient. We will see you April 1st. It's not a joke. We're back in a month. Thanks for joining us.